0: are you ready? I should never do that again. (laughs) Never do that again. But I did it. So it is what it is. It's going to live there forever. And it's on audio and on video. And you guys are going to have to enjoy it because we have another incredible episode. Every episode is incredible. I hope you think the same way. I know I do. Uh, guys, last couple episodes have been awesome, and we've had some incredible interviews, and they've been diversified. One of our goals for the podcast in season two is to diversify the different types of episodes. We have investment experts, we have real estate experts, we have uh, real life people, we have us continuing to talk about real estate in Canada. Um, in today's episode, we have someone who's got a little bit of everything. He's a great friend of ours and a good friend of the show, and he comes from well, he's a local here, but he's uh, working primarily out of uh, West Vancouver. His name is Nick Nyaksu. Nick's a guy I've known for a few years now. Really great guy. And as you'll hear on the show, even he remembered where we first met in a lovely East Vancouver coffee shop. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless, Nick's a cool guy. He comes with us with a, a broad background in a real estate development, uh, in investing. And he talks a lot to us today in the show about you know, really, quite honestly, what his investment advice is, what his experience Experience in development has done to shape his recommendations and advice. So really interesting if you're someone who is thinking about either A, getting into the development space, investment space, or just quite simply looking to buy a home and you're wondering about how to look at things from a different perspective, maybe more of an analytical perspective, Nick might be the guy to to listen to from that standpoint. Um, I think you guys are going to love the show. And if you do, as always, send us a little bit of a DM or send Nick a message, let him know that's the juice that keeps us going. We need that feedback We need those shares. Speaking of which, we are here at the end of this intro to let you know about the uh, giveaway. So we have a five-star giveaway that we try to do as often as possible. The more five stars you give us, the more we can give away. We give away a Thrive mug and a lovely, delicious, my favorite coffee in the world. It's a Republica Perfect Storm. Delicious brand. I wish... I wish they paid us to say this, but they don't. we got to get that sponsor going. Uh, anyhow, today's five-star of the week review comes from none other than Nate Cavalli, a longtime listener of the show. He says, if coffee is for closers only, then these guys must be buzzing. of <laughs> love it, Nick, or Nate. He says, seriously, though, wealth and knowledge delivered right on the cusp of any and all changes in the tricky market landscape. These guys are all you need to listen to if you want to be successful in any facet of real estate, whether you're a first-time buyer, investor, agent, or alien from outer space. These guys are going to tell you everything you need to know to get motivated and make a move. Listen for yourself. Appreciate it, Nick. Nate, we've got a uh, coffee cup and a mug coming your way. As always, if you guys can leave us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. And if you're loving the show and the direction, please give us a heads up. Give us a holler. As always, I'm Alex McFadden. I've got my partner, Dean Lawton. Not in the show today is Derek Williamson. We are Thrive Mortgage Co., and we can't wait to help you out. See you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Hey, thanks for joining us uh, down here at the studio today, buddy. Really appreciate Appreciate you coming down. Yeah. A special trip for us today. I know where the magic is. This is great. I love your studio. Thank you very much, man. Um, you know we've known each other, believe it or not, three years now, three whole yeah. years. Mm-hmm. It's been an awesome ride. Between um, uh, I don't even remember what we're, where we met or when we met. I feel like it was another interview or something of that. I'll be shop in East Vancouver. Man, you're good. Uh-huh
1: yeah there They're you good. go <laughs> this is
0: th- uh, all
1: right all right i'm gonna just
0: walk out of the room now um that that fateful day at that coffee shop in east vancouver was an incredible day for me as well i remember it so vividly no i don't remember it all yeah. so thank you very much i'm drinking way too much coffee thanks for coming down though man and you are uh, a, a good friend and of course someone who we uh as a as a team and a partnership have got to know even better in the last couple of years and look up to you for your experience in the industry um for anybody listening to the podcast right now we're actually talking about a gentleman named nick nyaksu nick Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate you inviting me here to your studio. Yeah, right on, man. So Nick, just for the purpose of framing the episode, got a pretty cool background and a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's at Angel Hasman, which is in West Vancouver. I Vancouver. Uh, have a partner, DJ Denner, yeah. and a fantastic team. How many of their uh, team members do you have now?
1: We, you have, have? Uh, we have uh, three, three agents on our team now. Um, we have an, a, 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 an assistant and we also have a brand new marketing hire that just does marketing, social media marketing, um, uh, flyer marketing. So she's dedicated to that. So we can, so we can do what we do best cool that's, that's really awesome. cool
0: that's really cool i mean uh, obviously we have paul on our team who's taking care of a lot of the back end stuff so really yeah. cool to hear you guys committing to that that's big um so uh nick one of the biggest reasons that we asked you to come on the show besides our personal relationship and professional relationship is obviously your wide variety of experience but you've got hmm. you've got a pretty cool background man um i don't want to tell the story for you per se but talk to us briefly
1: about um, you know, your, your previous career before right. real estate and how that helps yeah. you today? Well, my previous career was in real estate. I was actually a real estate development manager uh, or project manager. So I would be sort of given a task from the company, take this piece of property and let's develop it to its highest and best value. So um, when I was, you know, 27, 26, um, I took that job and it was a junior project manager. So I got the worst projects, let's say. And um, I was given projects in areas like uh, on Vancouver Island, on Salt Spring Island, or up in Port Renfrew, which is, you know, about a two-hour drive from from, uh, Victoria. And uh, I would go there every single morning. You know, if if I was going to Salt Spring, I'd be catching the 7 o'clock ferry there, coming back on the 7 o'clock ferry back. So it'd be 12-hour days and and running the subdivision and, and future development you know, through the process, um, and, and just doing what you're working with surveyors, engineers, uh, planning departments, um, you know, you know, up, at, up talking to the local community and just trying to push the vision through. So anywhere from land development to, um, house construction and then other projects in town later in my career in that field was uh, row homes and then, you know, uh, lower low rise buildings in Victoria. So I have a very diverse. Um, uh, background in real estate. Um, self-taught, never went to school for it. I went to school for marketing. Um, so I, lo- I taught myself how to build a house, how to do a subdivision, how to you know, get through the the process just by doing it and asking questions. Awesome,
0: man. I mean, and so one of the big, uh, I guess, advantages that you have in your space and what you do, whether it's uh, investments or talking to your clients from a purchase standpoint or an investment standpoint of building a property is that background in development, right? Right. Um, So when we were uh, framing up the conversation for the show right now, we wanted to touch on a few things, you know, your your investment experience and what you look for, but also a little bit more about your day-to-day experience. I mean, your office right now is located in West Vancouver. And a lot of the experience that we've talked about the last few years, although diversified, you've helped a lot of builders and developers uh, really either, A, make money or find out how not to lose money in a crazy West Vancouver market,
1: hey? I'd say, that so, so some of the more interesting stories ends up being, you know, when, you know, the ones you don't see or hear is the ones when you tell your developer client not to buy the property, even though they want to. So that could be, you know, three, four million dollar acquisition and you're saying, don't do it. And And I think, you know, putting your client first, um, or in our case, DJ and I are the same way, putting our clients first in that respect has, you know, has given us growth in our career rather than sort of the one year wonder. Because you see a lot, a lot of that in real estate where you just sort of cringe when somebody makes an acquisition, the rebuild and, you know, and then you look, you know, you look two years in, or the two years in the future or two years past, you look back and you, the agent's not doing as well as they maybe could have. And it has to do with integrity and reputation. So we tend to, you know, you know, we tend to just always be, you know, client first, because this is a long term um, investment in time with these people, right? And hopefully fruitful, because if we do a good job for them, they're going to refer. And that's how we grow our business in the service industry. You don't make your money off one deal, you make it off 100. Absolutely, absolutely true.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's like, w- w- what, what do you think it makes? Uh, what? Why does an agent go down that road to, you know, make that decision and not take the integrity like you like you do in those cases? Yeah. And
1: I I don't know. I try to stay in my own lane and just focus on what I'm doing. And, you know, sometimes we get brought in the cleanup messes and we do. Um, but you know, that's, I think for the most part though, you know, the industry is really, really good. Um, but you know, it's like you only see, you see the huge home runs and you see the failures a lot. You don't see the middle ground. Um, but I just focus on our stuff and it seems to work really well. So,
0: Let's dig a little bit deeper into just that development piece overall with your background in building and construction. And um, although you've been out of it for a number of years right now, I mean, you've always been a guy who has an eye for whether or not there's value in something, whether it's in the land. uh, You're a little bit more analytical. So you're looking at the numbers to see if it makes sense. Like when you're sitting down and looking at, um, you know, a property with a developer, like maybe share with us kind of like broadly, how do you, how do you, like, where do you even start?
1: What's the process? Well, yeah, like if, if a client comes to me, let's say they find a piece of land, and it's not uncommon in our business to find, you know, off-market deals. Let's say they find a piece of land, they want me to do an analysis, I'll, I'll run a performa. So I know, I don't know the exact costs, like per linear foot of lumber, but I know the proximate cost to build a house, the hard costs, soft costs. And then if you pull up more documentation through a district or a city, you can kind of see what the DCC fees. So those are the, you know, the de- development cost charges re- uh, involved in redevelopment. So, you know, if it's a single family home, you may have to pay X amount as a DCC. If it's a multifamily development project, you may have to pay X amount of DCCs and offsite crosswalks, sidewalks, uh, traffic lights, whatever it is. Right? So if you, if you have the ability to uncover those costs and then, and build performance and build exit strategies. So I always, in my performance, I have exit strategy, A, B, and C. What's your worst case scenario do you lose? When I was working in Victoria, if our worst-case scenario was only ten percent return, we wouldn't do the deal. So, but our home run was forty-five. So we're in that range now. We're now it's like is this the best use of our money, right? So is there anything else that we can look at that could be a better investment in time and energy? Because you're married to these projects for two, three, four years at times, depending on the size of the project. So when you when you make that decision to go forward. Um, has to be an informed decision. The worst thing you can do is is be on site, and be like, "This is a three million dollar property, and I can build a house for two and a half million. Oh, we're gonna sell it for seven. We're all heroes, and that's just back of the napkin performa, and you and that's a huge risk. You, you mentioned like r-
2: before the interview actually a, a scenario where somebody bought a. Property of similar value mm. built a home and and the lift that they made was actually just the appreciation in the lot. Yeah, do you see that often? And and why is it that people still want to move forward and
1: put all that time and effort into a build when really they're right. they're not making any money on it? So in Vancouver, a lot of developers emerged. Um, especially with foreign money. So they, they moved to Vancouver. They have, I mean, it's all legal money. It's all fine, right? This is how we grow our economy, but they reinvested in Vancouver and in 2015 2016, the market was crazy and they were buying land and, and, um, they were buying land in for $3 million, building, you know, a house for another $3 million and selling it for $8 million, thinking that they just created 2 million in value in the development, but it wasn't the case the the lot value went up so fast in that two and a half years it took to finish that project, that lot value was now worth that lot was worth five million bucks. So the so so but the mistakes aren't seen or the inefficiencies aren't seen in hot markets. They're seen in recessions. So when these so then when we had that recession about a year ago in new development, especially in West Vancouver, where they had bought the land for five million. And they built a house for 3 million and they had them sell it for 10 to make money. Well, they're only getting 8 million for their property. They're actually losing money. And that's because the land value went down. The cost of construction probably went up. So with that type of information, moving forward into a, into a project, um, you have, this is where your A, B and C exit strategies really, really matter because it accounts for recession and your exit strategy. So as long as you understand that there's a risk associated, but these people thought they were home runs and now they're losing you know, they're losing two, the three years of their time in this earth and they're losing probably 10%, if not more of that initial investment. So is that, is that something that like going into 2021,
0: uh, seeing how hot the market is in other areas of the lower mainland, are you starting to see that come back
1: again or? Yeah. North Vancouver, especially, we're seeing uh, multiple offers on areas that never had that much growth. So this is their first real gain. I mean, they've all, every, every area has gained in, in, on average over, you know, the past 10 years. So you, an average, but, but in North Vancouver in particular, we're probably in the last two, three months, the market's probably up 10%, right? It's, it's just, a, it's one of those big jumps, right? So now you're seeing people panic, see so a panic buyers. I don't want to be the last one in on a high, on the, on the high of the market. So we're just buying at any price. We're seeing houses that should sell for one five, three months ago, sell for one eight. Right. And, and, and is, yeah. this,
0: is this uh, sort so of drill down a little bit more, you know, we're seeing this a lot with the residential market with people who are just living in the homes and so forth. So going mm-hmm. back to the development piece, um, you mentioned you obviously uh, run these performers, run these numbers, right. and you've had this experience. What is your communication like now with these developers who are also fighting for this land?
1: What, what are you saying to them? Well, the, the question I get asked, they call me up and they say, is this a good buy? Depends on what you're doing with it. You're rebuilding. I could probably sell because the ceiling price hasn't changed. This is a beauty of it. The bottom's coming up, but the top isn't moving. So now that you're just getting squeezed. So if you're selling and if you're looking at a piece of land and then the biggest house sale has ever has been $4 million and now your house, your land acquisition is reaching $2 million. It's going to cost you a million five to build. You know, if there's, you have to understand the risk that that four million isn't changing. Even on a hot market, it's staying. So now you're the 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 gap is shift is, is becoming smaller. Maybe because maybe it's not the right place to be investing. Maybe you should be looking at other communities saying, well, once this growth is complete, where are these people going to go? Because eventually that that price point is going to be priced out from for that buyer pool under 2 million. So shift. That's where the opportunities are in real estate. That's the best opportunity. Get it before this, but get it before the trend picks up. Yeah. So so I guess on that point, so like,
0: uh, why do you think that everyone, uh, whether it's developer or otherwise, like, why is everyone kind of crowding into the space and having the mindset that, to your point, the top is going up? And, and why don't we hear more about that in the real estate market from other real estate agents or otherwise? Is it do you think it's because people are, are just self-serving and in, 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 in the industry and just, you know, get in? Or do you think
1: it's maybe just not analyzing it deep enough or maybe a lack of understanding? I would say like, you know, for me to learn what I learned, I spent, I've spent six years as a project manager and i still not, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know everything. I keep on learning even in this business. So to um, understand real estate development takes years and years of experience. And you also have to go through the pain, like understanding where you made the mistakes because you learn the most when you make your mistakes. So, um, you know, uh, you know, we've, all of our clients, even when I was working for my past company, we all made mistakes, but we learned from them, but you know, Developers who do this as a living, they know what to look for. New developers and investors who enter in the market, they may not be prepared or may even know what they look for. That could be an issue later. Okay. And this is where an agent who understands investing and redevelopment really adds value.
2: Yeah. So how how are you adding that added value? I mean, those exit strategies are so key. That's like, it's, it's cool to hear that yeah. because I would say a lot of people don't take that approach of, especially from like your worst case scenario being a 10%. Like, is that where you're finding the ultimate value is those performers and that type of analysis that you're providing? Yeah. The ultimate value I find is
1: when I, when I, when I stumble upon a project, that's not going to make any money. It's saving my clients yeah. money. Right. So when you, when you're, when you're, when I'm saying like, I don't get, I don't, I honestly don't know where you're getting this number from for selling your property. I don't know. The, and the cost of building this is way too low. I'm just going to give you my honest opinion. I might lose a four million dollar deal, mm-hmm. right? Because my client's not buying it. Mm. But I know that I can sleep at night, and I know that I'm giving the best advice. And They may move forward and purchase it, but um, and I, I def- I will help them purchase if they want to use me. But I would definitely say they may know something that I don't know. I don't know, but I don't you, think you'll so. You sleep, you sleep well at night. I'll sleep it well at night that I've uh, that I've given my piece. Yeah, and you know sometimes they get, you know, they saw a trend that I didn't see or their, their risk, um, their ability to take risk is a lot higher than mine. Yeah. Their risk comfort zone is higher than mine. So they're taking a risk based on just limited supply. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, we do have a lot of people listening to the show who uh, come from a varied backgrounds. Some people just quite simply want to buy their first home. Some people are looking to learn how to develop. And yeah. I think it's always interesting for people like the conversation of what is a quote unquote beginning uh, uh, or, or developer to start with. Um, why don't we uh, just just maybe to your um, from your feedback share with us if someone had the mindset today that they wanted to take that step into the
1: water and they wanted to develop their first property or second property, like where would they even start? Hmm. Really good question. Um, I probably wouldn't start at a redevelopment at this point, um, unless you know what you're doing. You're going to make your mistakes. You're going to, you're going to be, it's going to cost you more than it will another developer just because you don't know what to look for. Right. So um, and if you do want to hire a, a general contractor that wants to be super hands-on, you're paying for it as well. And it's not saying it's not worth the value, just saying it's just decreasing your margins. So if you're if you don't know anything about real estate, don't be a developer. You're going to make a point. Yeah. Don't be a developer. Be a
0: investor. Okay. So let's, let's get into that then. Nick, Mm. your investment mindset. So you've got experience now with a diverse crowd. Um, Dean was mentioning, uh, you know, one of the clients that we had today, we're just, we were just uh, kind of blown away that you've got clients who are you know building these multi-million dollar properties in West Van. Mm. you have uh, a unit property in Poco that you just sold a, a commercial mm. uh, unit and uh, you've also uh, worked with uh, individual units in um, Langley in the Fraser Valley as well mm. so what is your like do you have a general mindset as to how you start the investment process or, or what you're looking for or what you advise people
1: I'm, I'm very analytical I'm I guess one of my skill sets is I can break it down Okay. I can break it down to, and create a risk analysis over any property. Right. But for, for myself, I own property, I own stock. I diversified my investments as well. Um, and I personally, am not, even though I know real estate development, I'm just, I don't have the time to do it. So I'm not going to develop my own properties. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm, I'm going to invest in certain, like I, I bought a pre-sale in, uh, in, oh, two years ago, I was closing in an area that was just a up and coming area. And that's what I look for, for myself. I look for areas that haven't been developed and they're, and they're going to be the first couple buildings in the area. And then you see the master plan, which can be found on the city's website it's like, it looks great. So I bought there and probably I put down, you know, I probably put down 20 grand. Uh, It'll be 80,000 total on a $450,000 purchase. I look at it this way, the property is probably worth now 500. I just made 40,000 on my 80,000. So I made 50% return on my money. That's my mindset in real estate. In in that portion, another portion would be find something that's a little uh, an income-producing property in an area that's not in the core hotspot, and just looking for you know that cash flow, um, something that pays for itself. Maybe you might give me a uh, 200 dollars a month, like a property in Victoria that I have, I've, I've held for a long time now, and it's just my cash-flowing property. You know, it's gone up maybe thirty percent in the last five years, but the income's really really good. So it's it's low risk, but it's a piece of it's an asset that I have and, you know, it, that I can forget about in 20 years, it'll be paid off.
2: Hmm. You made a good point about looking at that pre-sale you mentioned and then yeah. having the mindset to go look at the community plan, which like a lot of people wouldn't even think to do that. Like Great. what like, it, how, like what makes you think to do that first and foremost? And, and how many of your clients like have that thought process or is it you giving them that that? Hey, here's the feedback.
1: You, you should go do this. Before, if I'm going to sell something to my client, I need to know what's going on and, and you have to know what's going around, going on around it. I mean, if they're, if you're like, I, in Victoria, I had a client that wanted to buy a multifamily building and I looked at the community plan and right next to the, the building was planned. The plan to be a safe injection site. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a, that's a. Probably don't do that. (laughs) Probably not invest in that if you're looking for some kind of land appreciation over the next 20 years. Right. So that's going to hold it back. So we decided not to move forward with that pro- property. But that's, it's, it's really important to be informed of what's going on in, in, and how you're gonna protect your asset when you make that purchase. The people who, the building I bought in, um, I had you know five other clients buy into as well, but I put my own skin in the game. So if you, you know, if realtors are also, you know, investing, not invest in every project you sell, but if you're also taking the plunge and willing to do it, because it just adds a little bit more confidence to your client, to your clientele that you know what you're doing. I've got my money on the table too. Yeah, yeah that's a good Dude. point.
0: So one of the challenges that uh, I think new, uh, new to the game investor space, I think it's two challenges. One kind of envisioning the big plan, mm-hmm. but number two is getting stuck in that analysis paralysis. I see that all the time. Um, so as a person who is a little bit more analytical and you are looking at the numbers, you are looking at their
1: ideas. How do you suppose, like, how do you get off the fence and jump into a project? I'm a client right now. Um, it's, it's a mutual client of ours and we're, we've written an offer on a place and we're hopefully get, get it tied down. But it, it is, it got to that point where, you know, you can talk yourself out of anything. So end of the day is you create that rapport, you create that trust and you only use your ace in your sleeve when it's ethically right. Okay. And I just said, what are you doing? Just buy it. It's a great property. It's a great deal. Just do it. It makes sense. We've, we've, we've hashed out all the information. We give them complete comfort on the numbers. Now it's, now it's just like, you know, it's a, it's the internal monologue that's saying stop, 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 stop. That fear, that fear based monologue that we all have, but sometimes it can really show itself when you're unfamiliar with that space. And we wrote an offer. And if we can get it at the price that we wrote it at, it'll be a great deal. So
0: basically, you've you've given yourself the time. You've analyzed the deal. You know where it's good, and you know where it's not. And it's just there's a clear for you mindset of, okay, now I just go for it. All the numbers line up. Uh, someone told me a long time ago that, you know, the, the, the most wealthy people that he knew and the most successful people that they knew uh, were the ones that took the risks, the, and not the uncalculated risks, but they did still take a risk. So I think what you're, what I'm hearing from you is if you know, the information, you know, the numbers, you either go, or you don't, you just need to go for it. And everything is always going to tell you not to. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. There's always going to be that doubt. Always, but trust yourself and trust the people that are giving you advice. I mean, we've all been, like I have been, um, you know, given wrong advice by investor, by financial analysis saying you should buy this stock or you should buy this product or whatever. We all make mistakes. You're not going to hit them all out of the park. Mm-hmm. But as long as you see what you've made, the mistakes you've made, or, you've, or, you, or you learn from it, you'll be better next for the next round. Um, one other thing is really important for investing. Do not risk it all. maybe 30% of your net worth, maximum, that's it. Mm. Uh, If you go all in, that's gambling.
0: Hmm. That's good feedback. That is good feedback. So a couple of things that you said that I want to reiterate and just go back on it from a mindset that that definitely our listeners should be hearing from this podcast. You mm-hmm. said time. You said I wouldn't invest from your words uh, or develop, sorry, uh, anything right now because it's just too much time. So I look at other opportunities to to invest where it's not so much your time. That was really key for me to hear you say that because we, we echo that all the time put it on an expert to figure out what they're doing and figure out how much time you want to invest. That's, that's really, really key and really, really important. You also obviously broke down the fact that once you have the numbers in hand, you've got to make a decision, the 30% net worth. That's a good one. I really appreciate you sharing that. So um, I I think at this point right now, I I guess my biggest question to you, last thing on that, on the investment approach, is there any other, um, you know, final advice that you would put out there to someone who's thinking about just maybe it's that first or second property that they're just trying to figure out where do I, you know, where do I get started? Is there anything else that you would throw out to them to get started or what to look for?
1: Right. One, the nervous feeling that you have when you're about to make a big financial decision in your life, it's normal. Okay? So so <laughs> so have support around you and just and and it's okay to break it down. Yep. Um and try to find the flaws in in the in the opportunity. Yeah. Right? But at some point you just have to take the plunge. Yeah. Right? So it, so if you if you c- control that risk, Again, that, 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 you know, what's the worst case scenario? What's your worst, worst, absolute worst case scenario. If you know that's your bottom line, yep. then if you set, if you set that, if you set that base, then it'll be much better, better moving forward. Cause you know what to expect. The reason why people don't invest in real estate cause they're afraid cause they don't know, just, just find, just find your ground and then, and then make the decision. And if that, and, and again, if that bottom line is really, really bad, it may not be the the right risk uh, tolerance for you. Let's get something that's a little bit less risky. You know, you may not make the return that other people are, but you can sleep at night.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the coolest things about uh, getting to know you is that, uh, again, you work with these multi-million dollar projects. You also work with these $400,000 condos. So you're very diversified in your approach, but you still have the same ethics as far as how you approach it, which is really, really cool. So if anyone's listening to this and they want to find, you know, someone who has that approach, definitely reach out to Nick, send a message. I know he'd love to hear from you. He's definitely the kind of person that's more about taking care of you and your needs versus of course, just getting the deal done. Nick, if you were looking forward and you were to to kind of project out for 2021 and you, again, I'm throwing you on the spot here, where would you suggest there could be some opportunities in the marketplace moving forward? Love to hear what that uh, would look like for you.
1: Wow, yeah, that's, that's a really broad question.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, so why don't we why don't we tighten it up? Why don't we say if someone was looking to invest in the Lower Mainland and they had yeah. a budget of sub one million dollars, under a million dollars yeah, today, uh, in anywhere in the Lower Mainland, what would you say you might consider jumping in? Even
1: in your case, I would I would look at. I really feel comfortable with City of Langley. I think that's a great area to be investing in, especially with COVID right now. Um, I the pre sale market's down. Invest in down markets because that, you know, the overall Fraser Valley market is increasing in, in price. And there's going to be a certain point where townhouses hit uh, and houses hit a certain point where people can't afford, they're, it'll trickle down to the condo market. So you can buy a really nice con- two bedroom condo for under half a million dollars. And at the same po- time, you're probably, the rental rates are going up too as people are moving out of the city. So, you know, uh, giving the example, downtown Vancouver, a one bedroom condo is what, 2,300? a month or a two bedroom with, you know, you might get one parking it will be, might be an older building, but it'll be nice, but small 550 square feet. You can get into the 850 square foot mark in Langley for 2000 a month and rent a really nice condo, a two bedroom with parking and storage, the values there. So if you can buy a condo right now and pre-sale for under half a million dollars in a, in a growing area, that rental income is only going to go up and you may be breaking even at 2000 a month, two or three years, it'll be cash flowing. And you're going to be paying down your your your, uh, your your debt and creating equity within your investment. That is the safest way to invest. Yeah, and even if you're buying a property and you're lose not losing, but you're covering 100 or 200 dollars a month on that property, your tenant is still paying down your paying down your interest and it's and it's creating equity. So you're not really losing that money. You're just help. You're just financing it moving forward. And and the last thing is money is so cheap. We have never seen money this cheap before. This is an this is an opportunity that might come every once in twenty years. So secure. This is not a plug. This is the truth. <laughs> secure your pre approval. Yeah. And um, and you know I trust Alex with you know my life. I trust him with everything. And this is hard to do with me. Somebody's analytical, but he's proven to me that he knows what he's doing. Thank and Dean sir. as well. And my clients, so they've done a good job. So I trust him with my stuff. So um, Alex is a great source for securing really good product for you and explaining what you get. And rate isn't everything, people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but we can get, I'm sure you get into that all the time. Yeah, Yeah, yes, it's the first question we get asked at uh, pretty much every
2: conversation. What's the lowest rate you can get? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you (laughs) you have such a diverse experience with all of these types of products that you are selling when when it comes to Poco, commercial, West Van, high-end. What is the common theme with your clients and your network Where's the common theme of what they're looking for from an investment perspective?
1: Um, common theme is looking to make money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, so breaking, you know, again, every, every investment is individual. Um, so we just break it all down. They're looking for the right information to make the right decision.
0: Simple done. They're looking to make money. I love it. I love it. So. Um you guys heard it uh here first uh from Nick. Thank you Nick for joining us today Thank on the podcast, bet. man. We really appreciate it uh for you come down. Again, uh we're going to put all your information Nick uh in the show notes, but do you have anywhere particular you want to send
1: people today? Yeah, I would check out our team um and our personal website, so @niachnyder.com, uh, uh nickniachnyder.com, djdenner.com uh or d- sorry, ddnner.ca and uh you know, we sell a lot of real estate and you're going to see in our website, we sell high end real estate. We also sell throughout all markets. The service that we offer is a luxury service, as you could say, but it's the, it's the quality of service that we pride ourselves with. And it doesn't matter if you're a first time home buyer or if you're, you, or you own multiple properties or you're trying to buy or sell a, you know, 10, $20 million house, you get us and you get our systems and you, and, and it works. We sold 170 million last year. Um, and, we have a lot of happy clients, and we had fun doing it, and we can sleep at night. So that's the go. best combo. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, check out
0: Nick. Check out the team, and uh, we'll see you next time.